Welcome to the FinNation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host, White Devgannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to Fem Nation, guys. I have a really fun guest today. We were already just running off on a tangent before we started the episode, but I am happy to bring you Sabine Gideon, who is an executive coach. Sabine, thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Ida. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to hearing more and getting to know more about you. So let's dive right in. Where did your entrepreneurial journey begin? Yeah, that's a really, really great question. So as I thought about it, you know, I was going to say, oh, it started in, you know, 2016 when I started my business. But in reality, when I thought back, it started in 20, 2011. Um, at the time, I was working in a job that I really loved. Uh, however, I had a manager that I could not stand. Um, and I would spend, you know, hours of time during my free time just like searching for like, what else can I be doing right now? And I stumbled upon Laurel Langmire. Um, surprisingly, she's still around. Uh, but this was like one of her old books. I believe the book was Millionaire Maker. And in the book, she highlighted stories of where she had worked with, you know, individuals or uh, couples and helped them identify a skill that they had so that they could create, you know, a side hustle. They weren't calling it a side hustle back then, but create a side hustle and eventually make enough revenue where they were able to leave their jobs. And so like the light bulb went off, right? And I was so inspired by the fact that like, oh my gosh, I could finally not have to work for this lady ever again. And so I did the work of, okay, well, what are my skills? And at the time I had been in HR and been in recruiting. That's where I started uh, my career from uh, undergraduate degree. And I realized, okay, well, I know resumes, right? I'm looking at dozens of resumes on any given day. Um, I know the ones that get immediately thrown out. I know the ones that, you know, we we pay attention to so I could help people write better resumes. So I started promoting myself to friends and family, of course, uh, for resume writing. And, you know, I think after, I don't know, 30 resumes, I may have made $150. (laughs) And that's on the generous side Uh, because it gets to the point I'd be like, oh, well, yeah, you could just have it. You could just have it. Um, and so <laughs> all of those resumes, $150, I realized, and, you know, I was spending two, three hours researching, doing like interviewing them, putting these resumes together. And I was just like, okay, this is, this is not it. This, this is not the way. Um, funny enough, I was having a conversation with someone recently and they were like, you know what? You did my resume for free, like way back when. And I still use that resume template to this day. And it's gotten me into interviews into like Microsoft and all of these big companies. I was like, I want my royalties, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want my royalties. Um, so I quickly learned that resume writing was not for me. And then I shifted with the same mindset. What other skills do I have? Interviewing. I was interviewing, again, you know, dozens of candidates on a given week, good interviews. 
not so good interviews, you know, how to prepare for it, how to, um, you know, position yourself and have your value proposition. And so I tried to market that. And surprisingly, people were not willing to pay for uh, interviewing, uh, coaching. I didn't know that that's what it was at the time because, you know, everybody assumes, oh, I, I, I'll do great at an interview. I, I've sat through enough to know. No, you won't. But yeah. nonetheless, ditch that and actually just ditch my entrepreneurial dreams altogether and just said, okay, well, you know, let me go back to, uh, let me go back to school. I went back to school, got my back, went back to school, got my master's. And at the time the mindset was, okay, well, let me continue down this path. I've been in corporate America. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm growing. Let me just stay down this path. Got my master's, finally got my dream job or what I thought was my dream job, which is an HR business partner. And Part of it was the environment and the organization that I was in. Um, but also, I believe that a part of me had just outgrown that that dream. That's It's the job that I wanted when I first got out of college. And, you know, I was told, oh, you have to be in HR for 20 years before you can aspire to that. And I was like, 20 years? Get out of here. No. Um, so it took me 10 years. And in 10 years after getting it, within six months, I was just like, this is not for me. So I had an entire identity crisis because, uh, again, while I was interested in this entrepreneurial space for that period of time back in 2011 and 12, I also, you know, was very devoted to my career. I was very devoted to growing and developing. I'm, I'm an immigrant. Uh, I was born in Haiti. My parents are immigrants. And so I was like, I was, I was the first for all of these things. And so my career was this thing that identified me or that I identified with as, um, you know, my badge of honor. And I got to a place where I wasn't happy in my career. I didn't know what was next. Like it was just, it, it, it was an identity crisis, best way to put it. So I took some time to really think through, okay, go back in your career. What have been, when have you felt the most fulfilled or felt like you were making the biggest impact? And it was in those moments where I was having, you know, conversations or one-on-one -on -one coaching conversations with candidates at one company when they didn't get the job. And I was coaching them through, you know, this is how you position yourself or better yet, what do you want to do long-term, right? Getting them to figure out what their long-term future was so that we can backtrack, okay, well, what's the next role? And it was also when I was having one-on-one -on -one conversations with leaders. You know, many times um, that's when I realized too that leaders are the most underserved within the organizations because many times they're just expected to know everything. And to be quite honest, their ego, right, won't allow them oftentimes to ask for help or to be vulnerable. Um, but, you know, God gifted me with something where, you know, I could get even the hardest of hardest leaders behind closed doors and they would be completely vulnerable with me. They would be completely honest and we can have we could have discussions that otherwise we couldn't have, you know, whether it was about them personally, whether it was about their team, whether it was about their career. And so in the midst of my identity crisis, as I'm thinking through, like, when has have I felt the most alive? It was when I was coaching other people. I didn't even know it was coaching back then. Um, so I started on the path of looking into coaching. Like, what is it? And realized it, it was a real career. Uh, many people were doing it. And I first postured myself as a career coach naturally because I figured, hey, I have the recruitment background, all of that stuff. 
And I found that I was recruit or I found that I was coaching people. I was drawing people who were in transition. And by transition, they were either, um, you know, in one area, whether it was banking and looking to shift into something completely different um, or, you know, they were a teacher and they wanted to be a recruiter. So they were not only just transitioning careers but they were transitioning who they were becoming, right? Because it's a, it's a whole mindset shift that it's not about how do I get my resume? How do I get the interview? It's how do I shift my mindset to understand this is the totality of who I am, right? These skills that I've amassed along the way and how do I represent myself in this new space? Um, and then dealing with their mindset and, and we'll talk about it in entrepreneurial space I'm sure because that's a huge piece too but it's the same thing when you become an entrepreneur you know you don't just build your website and like oh I'm an entrepreneur no it's a process that you go through with you know shedding old beliefs shedding old identities shedding the way that you you know you do work the, the way that you see yourself the way that you see the value that you bring to any, you know, any role, any position or any client that you're working with. And so I was doing a lot of that work with these individuals in transition and still, you know, searching for the opportunity to work with leaders because that, I don't know, it just, I felt like there was a part of me, I don't know, I was created, <laughs> if you will, to work with leaders uh, and, and not just leaders in the capacity of like by job title, but individuals who, are, you know, are visionaries, individuals who, um, you know, who have a big dream, who have a big goal um, and, you know, just either didn't have the confidence to, to move forward, uh, didn't know how to gather people around them to help bring that dream or that goal into fruition, um, or didn't just know how to like start, how to build the business and just become that person. So for the last four years now, um, I've been in the space of really just focusing on partnering with leaders, whether they're in corporate environments or whether they're stepping out on their own to build their own businesses, uh, them help, helping them get clear on their identity. Because first and foremost, you, you can't lead anyone anywhere if you first don't know where you're going and you don't know who you are. Um, so my, my leadership coaching and my executive coaching is really focused on the person, getting the person right, uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, everything, because I believe that that will then translate in how they run their business. It will translate in how they run their team or the organization that they're leading. That that's a uh, that posed a question. I was just writing it down too. Now, what's the greatest blind spot for them, either entrepreneurs or executives or or corporate, uh, to feel ready to own their gifts, talents, and skills? Because I know in the entrepreneurial space we will learn, we'll learn things, we'll go, uh, you know, like you and part of your journey was learning more skills, bringing on more, more uh, pieces, adding that to your talents. But at what point do they, is that the blind spot that they know that they know things, but they're not owning that leadership quality to be able to put it in a forward motion? What's the blind spot that you see? Yeah, I think there are many. The first thing that comes to mind is that fear of failure. Right. Um, and depending on, on where you are, I work with a lot of um, type A, uh, mm -hmm. high achievers, you know, extremely ambitious, ambitious and driven. So, you know, it's A's all around. Right. Like I got to be a superstar. 
anything that is a B or less than like, you know, they internalize it, right? And they internalize those messages. So for the individuals that I work with, oftentimes it's really that fear of not having all the answers, fear of seeing themselves being seen as a fraud, right? So here comes imposter syndrome, um, you know, fear of, you know, not not being able to demonstrate what or live up to the expectations of others. And so when I work with leaders, you know, oftentimes it's a lot of leadership coaches or executive coaches will focus on things like, you know, executive presence and communication skills and stuff like that, which I do think that those hard skills are are valuable and extremely important. But when you are not authentically being you, it does not matter. People follow leaders because of who they are, because they see themselves in those leaders. They see something that ignites something within them. And therefore, you know, you can have all the executive presence. You can have, you know, all of that stuff, right? But people are going to be drawn to you and they are going to allow you, allow you to lead them because they see, they see them in you. Um, so that's the, that's a blind spot as well. Like the fear of failure and certainly the inability or unwillingness. I don't know if that's a word, unwillingness to show up as yourself authentically and allow those who you are called to lead to be drawn to you. And I think that's the same in entrepreneurship too, right? Like we know, like they're not, you hear it all the time. They're not your ideal client. This person is not your ideal client. And the people that are drawn to us and, that's the reason they're drawn to us, not what we know, not what we're able to do for them. But first and foremost, it's the person. Right. And I think we've uh, somewhat shifted in the big grand scheme of things. We've shifted a little bit towards needing to own the leadership piece of it and not just the hard skills. Like you're saying that that leadership piece is, has become much more critically important because we've seen a lot of of varying types of leadership that maybe they did have the hard skills and it's not a knock on anyone. It's an opportunity to, to assess and see where, where we each, even the listener, the listeners are coming from to see where we fit into all this too, because I've certainly run into this where um, if I didn't, you know, I could have all the hard skills. I could figure out the hard skills and I could go and stand in front of people with the hard skills. But at the same time, if I wasn't certain on the back end, then me being able to fulfill the duty that came with the hard skills ends up being the kind of the collateral damage to that. Because then I'm, uh, yeah, sure. I can come on and stand in front of people and, and learn that piece of it. But if I can't fulfill what comes behind that, then that's where my imposter syndrome at points and at times it would come in. And, you know, attributing to, to what you bring to the table as far as connecting it to themselves is huge because I kept for the longest time, I kept looking for more skills to add to it because I kept thinking, oh, if I just had this skill or this person, the skills that I think I see in them, okay, let me get those skills when it actually had nothing to do with that. You know, those are good and they're valuable and they will always, you know, have a spot. But it was that back end piece that I had to know what I was standing for and be authentically myself and be able and capable and um genuine in the leadership side of it. So it's huge, huge work that you bring to the table for, uh, for people to be the leaders. And we all know we need good leaders, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's, a, that's like the understatement of the, uh, 
the century. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but absolutely. You know, as you were speaking, you know, so I've worked with a variety of different leaders, whether they were in corporate or whether they've been in the coaching capacity. And, you know, I, I'm starting to think through so that I can, you know, put something out there of like the, the signs of the leaders, right. In the sense of, you know, you get a leader sometimes I'll give one person in particular that I'm thinking about. Um, where she was a complete jerk, right? Like, I, that's the best way. I, I don't want to call her B because I don't want to put that label on her. But like, she literally was an absolute jerk um, to a lot of the people who she led. And she, you know, she was a high level executive, very demeaning, very condescending, um, you know, very much a hard ass. And, you know, when you, when you meet her, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, like before I started, uh, before I started supporting her, I was told, you know, watch out. This person is da da da. This person is da da da. Right. So already, I was just like, okay, all right, a challenge, right? Um, within a couple of weeks, just having a conversation with her, I went into the relationship not with this like air of, oh my gosh, she's this executive and she's da 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 da. I wanted to know her story, so I approached the relationship with, hey, I'd love to get to know more about you. Like, how about your, how are your kids? Like, I got to know the person, regardless of what her status was, her leadership or whatever the case may be. And that was the thing that allowed me to break down a barrier that others hadn't experienced. Um, We bonded, like, I don't have kids yet, but at the time, like, we bonded about her kids, right? Like, her daughter had had a break-in. I had had a break-in way back when, and I was explaining to her how oh my gosh, when that happened, I felt so violated. And she was like, yes, that's exactly how my daughter feels. So we connected on a human level and I gained her respect and was able to partner and support and coach her because we connected on a more human level. As I, as I, you know, (laughs) psychoanalyzed her a little bit more, I realized that, you know, this woman just had a lot of insecurities, right? You know, she had, she was, she grew up in a very male-dominated in- environment industry, and she endured a lot. And she just had took on this identity and this personality because that was her way of protecting herself and her way to not be seen as this weak woman in this male-dominated. And what she experienced 20 years ago, she was still living out. That was no longer the case, right? You know, there's work to be there. But because I got to know her and got to understand her story, I knew what was really happening and why, why, you know, her front facing was this way. So when I could speak to the human in her or speak to the heart of who she was, I was able to make an impact. And we had a completely different relationship than any other relationship she had with anyone else um, in HR at the time. She felt seen and heard. And that's really at the foundational level of so much of many different fields and many different industries and where we find ourselves in this digital era alone, that's the knowledge base, the seeking side of it. It comes back to that, that we need to authentically connect with people because if we connect with them, then we can help them see what it is that they're trying to achieve because we have that outside advantage. But you being able to connect with her gave her the opportunity to be seen and heard. And that's then how you can have breakthroughs with your clients is because it does come from a different angle. And I think the audience 
well, I know the audience listens to this particular podcast because it's a different angle. There's many different ways that we can do that. And each of us individually can show up differently in the world by being able to listen and be there and see through and not make assumptions off the bat, you know, because you could have easily gone in and and said, she's going to be hard. Uh, I'm going to have to crack at her or, or whatever, but that wouldn't, that would have just, you know, not served her by you showing up as the leader that you help people become. They're automatically able to see what's possible, even without you saying it, you know, I mean, it's powerful. It's powerful stuff that you have that ability. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Uh, humans wanting to connect with humans. <laughs> Go figure, right? <laughs> and I think too, coming off the heels of 2020, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like it's over yet, even though, you know, the world is starting to open up. Yeah. That's what I, I, I again started to see it where, you know, so many leaders and, you know, we're in a place of like prosperity, everything is fine, everything. And I just want to clarify something, you know, even when I use the word leaders, uh, people will automatically be like, oh, okay, well, you're managing people or you, you have right. a business or whatever. I truly believe that we all have seeds of leadership, right? Whether you're leading your yes. household, you're leading in your community. I believe that we are all leaders just functioning in different capacities of our leadership ability. Um, so it's not to exclude anyone <laughs> by any means. Um, but last year, where again, it's the same type of environment, right? Like, you know, leaders were running their businesses or, you know, you were running your team or whatever. And then all of a sudden this thing happens that is completely outside of your control, right? right. That like everyone is figuring out the same time. I think last year was the very first time where I saw so many leaders um, defenseless in a good mm. way, though, where like the ego and the bravado of like, I've got it all figured out and I have the answers, the organizations that, you know, really uh, made it where the like staff and the team remain committed, remain engaged last year, were those organizations when the, the leaders were honest and say, hey, I don't know what's going on. I'm figuring this right. out right with you. I'm right alongside you. I get scared, too. I have anxiety, too. Like when they humbled themselves to be yeah. relatable to what their staff was experiencing and feeling like that. That's where I started to see like commitment and engagement rise because employees felt like, oh, my gosh, I'm not alone. And right. leaders also, they were able to, what's the word, connect with their teams in a way that they probably had never before, because again, they were the leader. And so they had to know this, um, right. you know, even on the entrepreneurial space, right? Like, you had coaches, right, who are leading other people to start businesses who are just like, look, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm going to pivot. And as I pivot, we're going to pivot together. Right. And it just became this right. unifying thing of, hey, we're, we're walking through this path together. No one has the answer. Um, but together we are walking through this. Right. And that it, it, even though we couldn't have articulated it, then it's what we needed. We needed it hands down. Hey, Fem Nation. I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. 
Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M-2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. How do you define success? Oh, great question. So young, naive, and immature Sabine (laughs) used to (laughs) define success as, you know, in terms of things, right, and status. Um, And part of that was just, you know, my own uh, mental stuff from growing up and being born in poverty and all that other stuff. Uh, The more mature, I'd like to say, uh, Sabine seeks success as me operating freely and totally in my gifts and my talents and my abilities. Um, So I'll give the example of what I mean. So I have a coffee table behind me here, right? So the coffee table was designed and it was created to be a coffee table, to be something that sits in our living room, that we could put our coffee, that we could put our magazines, that we could put our remotes on, right? It is a piece of furniture. If I take that same coffee table and I put it outside on the street, it's still a coffee table, but it's not functioning in its purpose. It's not doing the thing that it was created to be. And so for me, success is me doing and being the person and the thing that I was created to be and do. Um, So for me, you know, that is uh, being creative, that is being spiritual, that is being intellectual, that is being uh, strategic. And the manner in which I do it varies, you know, depending on which season I am in my life, but being able to express myself and be the thing, uh, all those things, if you will, and, and of course, much more is what I value and what I see as success. I love that. How do you continue to evolve yourself? How, how do you, because I, I get the sense that you're, you actively engage in that. So what it is, how do you determine what it is you want to learn next and not hard skills or anything, but, um, to expand yourself and grow yourself and and build out from there. What's that yeah. look like for Sabine? So that's where I leverage my spirituality. Um, I am a Christian. I am a believer. And so for me to get to this place that I am in my life has been, you know, all by the grace of God and all through faith and, of course, hard work as well. So, um, you know, relying and depending on God to um, help me uh, courageously step into new places, even when I'm afraid. So leaving corporate America the first time, completely afraid, no plan, um, but it was a leap of faith. And I was able to do that because I knew that that's the direction that he wanted me to be in and everything since then. Um, the other piece is I love to read. I love to learn. Um, you know, I'm a coach. I believe that every coach should have a coach. I, I think that it's the greatest oh, yeah. gift. And I'm not, I'm, I'm a little biased, but I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just feel like the having, you know, from a, a coaching perspective, having, like you said before, being seen and being heard, that's so important. Um, having someone who believes in your dreams, right? When you're an entrepreneur, like 
we know this, like only we can see the thing that we see, right? And sometimes even the people who love us with the you know, best intentions for us. Um, they can try to derail us unintentionally um, or just, you know, not give us the support that, that we need. And so having someone who can be that support for you, who sees you at the same end that you see yourself. And when you want to give up, when you want to let go, when you want to walk away and turn around, they're like, ah, no, remember, remember that end goal that you shared with me? I'm going to help pull you through that. So uh, having coaches, uh, being a learner. I mean, I can't tell you how many books I have pending on Audible right now. Uh, you, audience can't see, but you can see my bookshelves in the back. Um, so yes, it's I, full. <laughs> yeah, I love to see whether it's about business, whether it's about leadership, whether it's about life um, in general. I, I just love to learn. So that's how I keep myself, um, you know, in development stage. Mm-hmm. How has the entrepreneurial journey changed you? What comes to mind? How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) You go for it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I am unrecognizable, even to myself. Um, And that I'm not exaggerating here. You know, I grew up again in, in my career in corporate America, and I just had all of these identity issues like or you know, it was my identity. And so stepping into entrepreneurship, I remember within the first couple of months, like staring at myself, like, who am I? <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't know who I was anymore. Um, all of the, all of the hidden seeds of like negative beliefs that I had been carrying from childhood and even, you know, from my parents and generations before me, being able to let go, being able to overcome those, um, being able to stand in uh, I don't want to say my own power, but even being able to stand in the belief of myself, right? Because just yes. based on the things that I, I had gone through, I like so dependent on other people to validate me, so dependent on other people to, you know, make, you know, make me me almost. Um, so to the point where I could get so clear on my identity who I am, what I, what I'm here for, my purpose. Um, that's, that's what entrepreneurship has given me, um, setting boundaries. <laughs> oh my gosh. Learning to set boundaries. And, and let's be real. It's an everyday struggle, everyday test. Um, but just learning to set boundaries and saying no and being okay with not being liked, not, you know, being okay with rejection. I used to struggle with rejection. So being okay with rejection, like, oh, okay, well, yeah, no skin off my back. Um, Or being able to see when someone's projecting, oh, okay, so this is you, you're projecting this onto me. Um, It just just has shifted my, or it's allowed me to shift. It's been the vehicle and the tool to really shift my mindset, to really shift how I see me, how I see the world, and how I see other people. Mm. That's huge, too. Those are good pointers. I'm not sure if anybody's taking notes, but when they're listening to this, they ought to go back and and listen to your points there because that that, those are takeaways right there. Those are those are gold nuggets. Um, That brings me to the next thing. You have something that the audience is able to download. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yes. So I have a mindset guide. Um, and it's really uh, based off of the work of uh, Carol Dweck around growth mindset. 
Um, Because I believe in any capacity that we're in, especially when we're shifting into something, right? So whether we're shifting into entrepreneurship or we're shifting into a leadership role or shifting into a different career, there's a there's a space and there's a moment of when like our identity, our mindset, everything gets disturbed, right? And our subconscious mind, you know, will start to pay, play tricks on us because it's trying to protect us and trying to, you know, it doesn't want to step outside of that comfort zone. It doesn't want to do the thing that, you know, may be disruptive to our day to day. And so it's really about how do you identify, you know, when your mindset or when you're shifting first and foremost, but how do you identify, okay, these to change your thought patterns so that when your mind is like, oh no, it can never be done. Or you have those doubts, you have those fears that you can actually reframe that um, and, and start to create new beliefs around this new space or, you know, this new project or whatever it is sure. that you're heading towards. Oh, fascinating. Uh, that sounds... Um... Very helpful, actually. So it's not just any workbook. It's not just any opportunity. It's going to be able to help them transition as well. Excellent. Sabine, this has been really intriguing to get to know you. How can the audience connect with you directly? Yes, I would love that. And thank you again uh, for this opportunity. Uh, so I play mostly on LinkedIn and IG. Uh, so that's how White Dove and I connected on LinkedIn. Uh, so feel free. It, it's Sabine Gideon. It's the N, uh, Sabine Gideon. And on Instagram, it is also Sabine Gideon. Um, I do have a Facebook group, Tribe of Courageous Leaders. Uh, if you would like to join the group, there's, um, you know, there's conversation, there's tips, and I will be restarting my weekly lives that focus on everything life, career, and business. Because at the end of the day, as I, as I mentioned before, it doesn't matter if we're a leader in an organization or an entrepreneur, we're human first and foremost. And so I deal with the whole person. Um, and so you'll find information, tools, tips, and strategies around life, business, and career in the Tribe of Courageous Leaders on Facebook. That's amazing. Guys, make sure you check out where to connect with Sabine specifically. But this has been a really uh, timely interview actually and I don't that does not go unnoticed by me and I'm sure I'm sure certainly not by you as as well but it's fascinating that the conversations that we need to have and the leaders that we need to hear from they show up when we need to see them hear them be a part of their lives and be connected to them so thank you for coming on today and sharing your gifts and your wisdom with the audience thank you for having me Guys, make sure to connect with Sabine uh, outside this podcast and as always, Keep moving forward. Hey, Fem Nation. I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21 day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M 2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, 
That's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.